just messing with you. Greetings, greetings. Welcome, everyone, on behalf of the board and staff of Dillon Community Church and our senior pastor, Jim Howard, who will be here in a few minutes. I'm Mark Hill, the assistant pastor, and we'd like to welcome you. How many of you do not live in Summit County full-time? Represent. Yeah, that's good. Give these guys a big hand. Give them applause. Right. How many of you are fortunate enough to live in Summit County full-time? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, give yourselves a big hand. <laughs> Believe me, they need it. It's hard to live in Summit County, and uh, it's a beautiful place. It's a wonderful place to celebrate. Hopefully, you're here to celebrate the season, but not just the season for its own sake, but the season and the reason behind it. If you're here in a church tonight, there's a good chance that's why you're here, and we want to encourage you in that. That's awesome. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a few things so that you know what's coming up. You're looking at this and wondering, what in the world is he doing? If you've been here before, you know what this is. Let me tell you a little bit about this. At the very end of the service, we're going to pass these out. Just, uh, just prior to that, we'll have a time of communion together. So if you're prepared and ready for that, that would be great. Everybody is invited to take part in the communion, by the way, if you'd like to, and, and celebrate the Lord's birth that way. And then just following that, we'll pass these out. Now, these are candles. We're going to start, we're going to bring candlelight from the main candle, the Christ candle that is not lit yet, but it will be during the service tonight. And we pass it along. Here's how it goes. Somebody comes down the aisle, and they will leave their candle like this upright. And what you will do is you will slide this cup down. You will lean your candle in to get the light. Once you're lit, then you can hold it for the next person. They can lean in till they get lit and then just hold it upright. Put this cup up a little bit so that you don't blow it out while you're singing Silent Night, which is beautiful. We actually one time several years ago had somebody blow hard, blow the hot wax on the person in front of them. 
Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what happened, but, you know, three days later after we fixed the church. No, I'm only kidding. That did not happen. But uh, it's a potential risk, so we just want to know it's real fire and real burning. So just so that you know how to deal with that when we get to the very end of the service. Also, in the course of time here, we're going to sing some carols together. And we're going to enjoy, there's a skit. You're probably wondering, what in the world is all this stuff on the back wall? And what does it have to do with Christmas? Well, for Advent this year, we have taken time and considered the different areas of the place where Jesus landed, considered the people in those culture groups over the last several weeks, and then also considered what did that mean to us theologically? What did it mean that Jesus came and he was in all of those different places? How did it fulfill Scripture and we're going to find out some of that about prophecy even further tonight. And there will be some of our kiddos who will come and give a skit for us, along with our great Errol Svensson, to uh, tell us a little bit about and set up the sermon. So that's what you can expect together. Why don't we stand all together right now, everybody, this room. We welcome those over in the other room across the way. Thanks for coming. And uh, we won't forget about you over there. You're surely not the forgotten ones. We're so grateful that everyone could be in this room together, in this entire facility together, all at one time. This is the core of the story from Luke 2. John didn't tell us much about how Jesus came to be, but Luke and Matthew and Mark gave us some information. And this is the core story, so we're going to all read this together out loud and then we're going to sing carols for a while. Hope you're ready. Let's, let's start with this. In, In those days, days Caesar, Caesar Augustus... Augustus oops, go back. There we go. <laughs> okay, here we go. Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone went to their own town to register. So So Joseph Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and family of David. He went with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for coming. This story, we're going to learn some more about this story tonight, I believe, that maybe we're unaware. Uh, We have made this story to be wonderful, and we've polished it up. And actually, it was a very difficult story. It was. And we're going to learn that you came to relate to us, to bring God to us to be one of us. Thank you for doing that. We celebrate your birth tonight. We celebrate the season that we have come to put together to remember that. As remembering ones, we gather here and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing.
you, group. Thanks, you can be seated. That's a lot of fun. You can be seated as well. It's very good. Ushers, if you would come. Now, it's an interesting thing that, in, as we know from the story, as things went forward through the story, there were several along the way in the story who brought their best to Jesus. I don't know about you. I've always loved the song of the little drummer boy because what he had, he brought. I love that. I love the fact that we can do that. If this is something that you would like to do this year, would be to worship Christ in this way by giving back from what he has blessed you with, this is an opportunity for you to do that while the orchestra plays a beautiful piece for us. Thank you. 
All right, here's what we're going to do right now. Everybody stand up, find out who that person is next to you. Welcome them. Uh, introduce yourself, say hello, find out what their favorite color is. That's enough being friendly. Good work. You can be seated. That was a good stretch. Let's see. I think I hear a tour bus running. I'm not sure. What's going on here? Our tour adventure in Holy Lands <laughs> that was, my was so amazing. Porter, you were an awesome guide. Right, honey? I can't tell you how much I enjoyed spending the Advent season learning about actual places where Jesus lived, was born, and died. I'm not sure what was my favorite part. It maybe was when we went fishing in the Sea of Galilee or when we visited the Wailing Wall. No, it was when we went shopping at the bazaar in Jerusalem. Women. <laughs> I totally agree. Thanks, Porter, for being such a fantastic guide. I get it? I'm your biggest fan. Oh, that, that makes sense. <laughs> Quite the knee slapper. My favorite was when I got to ride the camels and learn about the people of the desert region living in tents. You are very welcome. Yeah, I must tell you, my favorite part of this was explaining the vast differences between the Roman culture and the shepherding culture in the south. It's really quite a treat. You came to visit us during this Advent season. Honey, I have one more surprise for you. Since tonight is Christmas Eve, I thought it would be a great idea to spend the night in Jesus' birth town, Bethlehem. Oh, Warren, that sounds amazing. The only problem is I didn't book us a room. I was hoping we could possibly find a hotel with more rustic feel like Joseph and Mary's stay in Bethlehem. I will see what I can find. I'll be right back. Uh, I'm actually, I'm not quite sure you would want to stay in a barn like uh, Joseph and Mary did, because you see, it may have seemed very warm and cozy kind of a feel, but in reality, it was quite offensive that they had to stay in a barn. You see, the way houses used to work back in the days, they had three stories. The top story was where the family stayed. The second story was where they cooked and uh, kept their food. Now, the bottom story was where the animals were kept. And Bethlehem was a place where Joseph had family staying there. But uh, them being told that they had to stay with the animals was one of the worst things that could have happened to them. Yeah, I don't really think I want to have, I don't want to spend my Christmas Eve night in a barn full of animals. I can't believe that I went to all the hotels in Bethlehem and I didn't find a place to stay for the night. At was first, fast. I was only going to the hotels that looked more rustic. About that, honey. I know that Mary and Joseph had to stay down with the animals because there was no room in the inn, but I am not sleeping with animals. Let's try to find a nice hotel. 
Well, that's the problem. Ivan went to fancy hotels and still couldn't find a place for us to lay our heads tonight. At one of the fanciest hotels, I offered triple of what the rooms cost, and she still wouldn't find us a room. Well, I'm really not surprised that you didn't find a room, mostly because this is Bethlehem. It is Christmas Eve. It's their busiest time of year. So, oh, I do know a good uh, tent shop down the road, just in case. Hopefully it's not too cold tonight. But uh, I have to get back to my family, so it was nice meeting you, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for the tours. Can you believe I even tried to convince a receptionist that my name was Joseph and your name was Mary and that you were having a baby soon? But he still couldn't find us a room. I thought surely he would find us a stable to stand like the real Mary and Joseph. Ugh. Hey, I see a hotel there called the Inn. Did you check that one? I don't think I did. Let's get going. Merry Christmas. Thanks for coming and worshiping with us. Uh, I made my rounds in the back. When Mark was wondering where I was, I was in the back goofing off with all the people back there. So thank you for uh, joining us tonight. The skit that you just saw has been part of a whole series we did in Advent that the kids kind of guided us through. Uh, we've been asking the question, what really is Christmas all about? And all this stuff up here, this is all about what Christmas is about. So in Galilee, we have the nets. That's where Jesus said... Um, Come and I will follow me and I will make you fishers of people. So what we learned from that first Sunday of Advent was that Jesus came fishing. Who did he come fishing for? Us. That's who. You're going to hear me say this several times tonight. The basic message of Christmas is that God did not forget us. He remembered his promise and he came back for us. And he came fishing for us. And then from there, we went over to Judea, and uh, that's where we had a bunch of little kids uh, dressed with the sheep things, running back and forth on the stage. It was hysterical. And uh, he came to gather the flock because the flock was scattered. Who's the flock? Us. His people. That's who. He didn't forget us. He came back. He remembered his promise. And from there, we went to Jerusalem, where we had the... Uh, the bazaar, we had all the money changers in the temple, and there we talked about the fact that he came back and he cleaned house. Why? Because they had filled the court of the Gentiles with money changers. It wasn't the fact that they were making money that was the problem, it's that the Gentiles had no place to come and worship Israel's God. So he cleaned house. For who? For us. Most of us in this room, uh, in this church tonight, are Gentiles. That was for us. And then last Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Advent, we walked into the desert in Egypt. And we talked about the fact that, that he came and he stepped down out of eternity into a desert, into our desert, to show us the way out of the desert. That's why he came. He didn't forget us. We live in a desert. And many of you I know are in desert places right now. In fact, I want to stop and pray our church has been praying for Rod and Angela Cummins. He has stage four colon cancer. And yesterday, he was uh, told by his doctor that uh, we're finished. So, so today he met with hospice. So I drove down and spent the morning with them. And uh, he's way, way in the deep part of the desert. 
Some of you have been there, either yourself or with friends, and you know what I'm talking about. So uh, he asked me to express his gratitude for our love and our prayers, and we're going to pray for him right now. Father, I do lift up the Cummins family. Lord, I wish they could be with us. Uh, Father, I, I know that barring your intervention, his days are now short. I pray for Angela. I pray for Marley, their daughter. I pray, Father, that you would be gracious and merciful to them. Our prayer is still, Lord, that you would heal them. But, Lord, if you choose to take him to be with you in glory, I pray that you would uh, be with his family to strengthen them. Give them the strength and the courage to walk, to walk this road. It is a long road deep into the desert. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. And, Father, I pray for all the people that I know a bunch around the world that are suffering and struggling right now. Tonight, we have the privilege and the pleasure of just celebrating and enjoying you in a peaceful context. Thank you for that. Uh, we're very grateful because we know that you've blessed us. But I do pray for those who aren't as fortunate as us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay, now we're going to, you heard the Luke 2 passage read. It's very familiar to you. We're going to wander a little bit further into the desert because not, it's not all good. When we think about no room at the end, no vacancy, we think about pulling up to a hotel with a sign, no vacancy. It's really a lot worse than that. You see, what happened on Christmas Eve, there were three people, three things that had to happen in order for that story to unfold. <clears throat> One is three primary actors and actresses. Joseph had to be faithful. He had to be faithful because in the Mediterranean world, it was a, a world dominated by shame and honor. The last thing a man would do is to marry a pregnant wife who's not his child. They're not even married. That's the last thing that would happen because that would bring shame and honor on him, I mean dishonor on him for the rest of his life. And sure enough, later on in Jesus' life, the Jewish leadership said, at least we know our father. They never forgot. They were very aware well, the second person is Mary. Anna, I want you to make your way up here. Anna Confer. I want you to really get a grasp of Mary and what Mary had to go through. It's easy to talk about ages and years, but I want you to see firsthand. Come on up, Anna. You see, in Jewish culture, uh, the young girls uh, quit. The average that they quit their education was around 12 and a half. Thanks for coming up. How old are you? 13. 13. Say, around 12 and a half is when they got married. So most scholars believe that Mary was around 13 or 14. That was the most common age that they married. I want you to look at Anna. I want you to look at how young she is. Can you imagine having a child? I can't either. Oh, my goodness. Not only having a child, but she rode on the back of a donkey for about 60 miles to get to where the census was before she gave birth. I mean, I, I've never had a kid, but I do remember riding in the car with my wife that final day, and uh, 60 miles? That's a long way, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming up here. I want you to see a picture of how young she was. What if either of these parents had said no? You ever thought about that? What if she had said no? But she didn't. 
And the final person in this drama is Jesus himself. We call him Jesus Christ, that, and all that means is he's the Messiah. He's the promised one that God would send. God did not forget us. Jesus, the Messiah. What if he had said no? What we see is a beautiful story on Christmas Eve with the angels, and I mean the animals all kind of around and everything, is one of the most shameful events in world history. Jesus' birth was just as shameful as his death. You know why? Because in the Jewish culture, uh, hospitality was a primary dynamic. You were dishonored if you did not show hospitality. You know what the word hospitality means? It basically means showing love to strangers. That's what it means. We see it in Hebrews 13, where he says, love one another and don't forget to show love to strangers. And so the Jewish culture, they prided themselves on the fact, in fact, the entire Greco-Roman culture did, on they were willing to take strangers because people that traveled were vulnerable. Vulnerable to robbers. Where are you going to stay? You didn't have hotels like you did today. Inns were just beginning to appear. And so the entire Roman world took people in, strangers that they didn't know. And so it was an offense. It was a grievous offense not to show hospitality to someone. And so when a young 13 or 14-year-old girl comes in that's pregnant and you stick her with the animals, that's offensive. It's shameful. And it reveals to us the journey that they were going to go on for the rest of their life. That's why the Pharisees said later, at least we know our Father. So Jesus... What to us looks like a wonderful evening for him was a tragic evening. He stepped out of the throne room into the desert. Fortunately, the story doesn't end there. You heard the Luke 2 passage read. I'm going to read to you the second half. This is the very next passage. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby and keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. I love that. But the, I would be too, by the way. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I've told our church several times, this is the most oft-repeated command in the Bible. Do not be afraid. We don't need to be afraid of our God. He came to rescue us, not to criticize or judge or hurt us. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, which is Bethlehem, by the way, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Why was that second part possible? I would suggest it's because a young 13-year-old girl, amidst the shame, the dishonor, the mocking, faithfully, with joy, obeyed her Lord. That's why. She did what very few people would have ever done. Mary made it possible for Jesus to be born, and then Jesus fulfilled it by coming to the earth, being born in a manger of all places. So the Bible is filled with language about the Lord wanting to fill the earth with his glory. 
We're going to come back to that in just a moment. We're going to come back because that has to do with the candle lighting portion, filling the earth with his glory. But first, we have to light the final candle. And I'm going to invite all of the servers to that want to help us serve communion to come forward and prepare us. You know, uh, several places in the Gospels, in the stories of Jesus, the birth narratives, we're told that God shines light on a dark world. You know what that means? He came to help us understand. That's what it means. He came to love us. He came to uh, protect us. He came to shine light where we can't see things. We can't see things. And so that's what this last candle represents is the Christ event, the Christ child. That's what it means. At our church, we partake of communion every single week. And here's what communion means to us. It also has the tragedy and the beauty. It has both. The tragedy occurs with the bread on the night that he was betrayed. He took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. That's the tragedy. He died for us. He had to. And that's what we celebrate with communion. After supper, now we have the beauty coming in. After supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup represents the new covenant in my blood. You see, that's the beautiful part that we get to enjoy. Because the new covenant is, in fact, it's a whole new way of thinking. It's a new way of learning to love people. It's a new way of learning to be generous and caring for each other. It's a new way for watching out for those that are less fortunate than us. There's a whole lot of stuff wrapped in there. He sent his spirit so that we wouldn't be alone anymore. That's the beautiful part. You have to get through the tragedy to get to the beauty. That's the life of Christ. And quite honestly, that's what communion is all about. So here's what we're going to do with communion. We're going to serve. We're going to pass out the bread. Hold it. Because when we're all done, we're going to eat it together as a community of faith. And if you would like to join us in that testimony, that statement of faith, we invite you to join us with communion. So uh, go ahead and serve the bread. If you are uh, gluten sensitive, we have two stations up here. And then in the commons, in the back of the commons, we have a gluten-free station there. So two gluten-free stations here, all right? So just make your way forward and somebody will serve you. Come to thee, O oh, Israel. 
On the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is given for you, for each of you sitting here. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember me. He did not forget us. He remembered us, so we're supposed to remember him. With the cup, we'll do the same thing. We'll pass it, and then we'll take it together.
After supper, he took the cup, and he said, this cup represents the new covenant um, in my blood. It's a new way of living. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new way of learning to love people, to sacrifice for each other, to help each other. That's what true community is about. And this is the good part, the glorious part, the wonderful part of what Christ did. Emmanuel means God with us. God did not forget us. He sent his son to live with us. And the Bible gives a picture of all eternity as God living with us. He chose to come and be with us. That's how much he loves us. God with us. Let's sing the last verse of God with us, or Emmanuel together. finish our time with the traditional candle lighting service, so I'd like all of the volunteers to start handing out candles. we got to get them everywhere. You heard Mark's warning in the beginning. Be very careful with them. So if you have the lit candle, don't do this. You hold yours up and let the unlit candle get lit. Okay? Candle lighting is a, it's a long tradition in the Christian church.
see your unlit candles. Very good. I want to give you a picture before we do this. And how many of you have looked across the reservoir or the, a lake somewhere and seen lights on the other side being reflected? How many of you have seen that? And so you see dual pictures, right? You see the lights and then you see the reflection on the lake. Well, in every room, we have this canopy of lights here. And when we talk about the glory of the Lord wanting to fill the earth, what that means in simple language is that the Lord wants us to act like Christians. He wants us to love people and care for people. And when we do that, when we live our lives the right way, we reflect his glory. That's how he fills the earth with his glory. So when we light our candles, you're going to see that picture. You're going to see the canopy followed by or underneath it, all of our candles. So I'm going to invite all the volunteers and ushers to come back up, and we're going to light candles, and they're going to take them and put them on each aisle. Okay, great.
The series that we did with all the stuff up on the wall that you see is part of a much longer series where we're really addressing the question, who is this Jesus? Starting in January, for those of you that are new to our church, we're going to add to it and look at the Jewish festivals and, ho and let them tell us how Jesus leads us out of the desert. What does that look like? So we'd like to invite all of you to come. In the meantime, stand with me. Cautiously, cautiously. <laughs> Remember, you're going to blow out down into the cup. Just down leave the, the cup, cup out. Yeah. Leave it straight up, straight up. As you go out tonight, this is a picture of how the Lord fills the earth with his glory. Right here. We have the canopy and we have us. I hope you have a very delightful and wonderful Christmas day. Go in peace. Any casualties? Yay! Okay. You are dismissed. Have a great, wonderful, Merry Christmas.